transforming power of prayer. And we've been dealing in the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, and we have really entitled this one, Transformed by the, not rational love, but irrational love of Christ. It does not make sense that he loves us the way he loves us. <laughs> you, can't, you can't prove to me that he should love you the way he loves you because he really shouldn't love us the way he loves us, but he loves us in spite of us, not because of us. This is the fifth, I believe, uh, sermon of, of this second part, but the twelfth in the overall series. If you have your Bibles with you, we are turning to Ephesians chapter 3, and I am reading, I am reading verses 14 through through 17. We're not going to get no farther than 17. Matter of fact, we're going to camp out at 17. That's where we're at, and we're not going to get through all of that. Amen? And it reads, and it reads in our hearing, reading from the New King James. It says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you will grant according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Turn to your neighbor and say, be rooted. Be rooted. And grounded, and grounded in love. In love. Tell him to be rooted in his love. Be rooted in his love. Amen. Sit down. The, the thought that I want to bring to you today is what love got to do with it, y'all. Turn to your neighbor and say, what love got to do with it? So, Hold on. I'm about ready to hand a mic because someone's singing Tina Turner's song. What love got to do with it? Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, just move Tracy out the way and allow there to be a personal conversation between each one of us and you. Allow your spirit, your Shekinah glory to fall fresh on us and give enablement to preach and teach and also open up our ears, our eyes, and our hearts that we may hear what the spirit is saying. Lord, speak. Because we need to hear you, Lord. Lord, speak. So that we can't deny you. Lord, speak. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Tina Turner, after leaving the band with Ike Turner in 1983 and 1984, began to have hits, single hits. One of her greatest hits that she wrote was what love got to do with it. 
I'm sure there's more than one person who can sing that and, and can recall that as, 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 as we think back. In fact, it was, the, it was the title song of her movie. That single won three Grammys. In fact, it, it really took her to the next level of stardom as people everywhere started quoting from that song, what love got to do with it. Funny that a song that is not enhancing love, but a song that is asking what love has to do, will become so famous. Funny that, that it is really saying, I don't want to love it. If you look at the words, they're going to bring up the words. Listen to the words of this song. Because if you look at the words, what happens is you begin to understand that these are words from a person that's been hurt. I don't know if she wrote it. I don't know if somebody else wrote it. But I know that the words were supposed to come up, but they're having trouble bringing it up. Is that a person that is hurt? It says, you must understand that though the touch of your hand makes my pulse react, that it's only the thrill of a boy meeting girl. Opposite attracts. It's physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. Look, oh, what love got to do with it? Got to do with it. What love got to do? But it's a secondary emotion. This is a person, if we was to be a psychologist and we was to break up this, this song, it's a person explaining of, that they have been hurt, so now they have shut down their heart and they're not going to be in love no more. Even if they feel something for someone of the opposite, opposite set, they're saying it's just, it's just chemicals. It's just, it's just don't mean nothing. To be in love don't mean anything. And, and, and they will live the rest of their life unless they change. They will live the rest of their life never receiving love or giving love because of a hurt that happened in their life. If it's Tina Turner, perhaps after Ike, she's saying, I ain't loving nobody no more. <laughs> but let's not talk about Tina. Let's talk about us. Because, because, because just because we're in the church don't mean we don't get hurt. Just, just, because, just because we know the Lord don't mean that we have really dealt with the emotional healing. And I'm not just talking about, 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 about between us and some other human, but I'm talking about us and God. Why would Paul be writing in the text saying that I pray that, that you be strengthening your inner man that you may be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Because watch this, Christ can't love us anymore. 
His love is already maxed out. If God could max out love, his love towards us is already at maximum. I know God is infinite, which means his love is infinite, but I want you to know that he's all out in loving you right now. And there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. Now, check this out. I'll love you less. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Why? Because, because the love of Christ, it is, it is, it, it, that's what sent him to the cross. That's what kept him at the cross. Listen, let me, let me explain. I, I know that we love to say sometimes that, 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 that the reason why when he was on the cross at midnight, the sun refused to shine, that God turned his back. But, but now, if you go into the text, if you really go into the Old Testament scripture, it's not God turning his back. If you really want to know the truth about it, it's God who got the knife in his hands and taking his own son and using him as a sacrifice. Don't you remember the story of Abraham? Don't you remember he said, take thy only son and sacrifice him to me and Abraham take Isaac and Isaac is carrying the wood which means Isaac is not a little boy he's a grown man and Isaac don't fight his father but he allows his father to tie him up as he lay down on the ark and and Abraham takes his own knife getting ready to kill his own son Till God said, no, I see you will. Don't you do it, but I will do it. But my brother and sister, how how can God prove that he loves us any more than that? When he is standing as the high priest and Jesus is the lamb and the high priest will take the knife and he will... So no, the father... Don't turn his back. The father is the one that sacrifices his son. My question is this. If he loves us that much that he went to that level, don't he want us to experience his love on a deep level every day? What I'm trying to prove is is that the love of God is towards each one of us at a level that defies description. And yet, many times, we come to church and don't feel his love. What I'm saying is is that, that perhaps the song that is written for Tina Turner to sing, perhaps Paul is saying that you need to be more rooted and grounded because you got to keep on going deeper to experience this love because when you experience the love of Christ, it will hold you when nothing else will. Uh, let's, let, let, me, let me tell you. Listen, 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 listen. He, what he's saying is, is that, that you can't afford to be a surface Christian. You can't afford just to become, come to church on Sunday Christian. Why? Because life is going to happen. I, I, none of us is exempt. 
none of us is going to get by. Life, we're living in a fallen world with fallen things, with a fallen devil who got a fallen army among fallen people. So guess what? Since you live here, the same thing that happens to them out there may just happen to us. The difference is that when you are rooted in the love of Jesus, God has a way of walking you through whatever life throws at you. Uh, you can't tell me our God is not able. I know God is able. I, see, as a pastor, I get phone calls when people go through the struggles of their life. I, I, I get called emergency in, 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 in the hospital. I get called when somebody passed. I get called when people are in trouble. And I have seen some amazing things. Listen, we think it's a miracle when God keeps trouble away. I think it's a miracle when God walks you through trouble. I think it's a miracle that some of you haven't lost your mind. I think it's a miracle that some of you are still alive. I think it's a miracle that you're still able to say, I'm in my right mind. I got movement in my body. Nobody but the love of Jesus has kept us. Nobody. Nobody. Listen. What I thought, when I thought that God, that the devil was taking me through some stuff, I have learned that was God making me deeper. The devil meant it for bad, but God meant it for my good. Listen, it wasn't your mountain experiences that got you deep. It was your valley experiences that made you pray more, cry more, get into the word, call on the Lord. See, if it had not been for the time, you wouldn't be as strong as you are. He says, 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 he says Lord, in the spirit, by, by your spirit, let them be rooted. Rooted. Amplified says, deep in your love. Why, Paul? Paul says, because unless they are confident, trust in the love of Jesus, they won't be able to stand in the time of trouble. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. See, see you got to be so rooted that even when God not saying nothing, you know that he loves you. God shouldn't have to give you a miracle every time. You should have to look for a sign every time you go through something. You ought to be strong enough that if God's not moving, apparently, if God's not saying nothing, you know that God is there. You ought to know that he is who he says he is. 
and that his word is true. And if you got to stand by yourself, you don't mind standing by yourself. You've been through enough that you don't need nothing else. You know that you know that you know. I, I think that God is trying to deepen us. Listen, we ought to move from elementary knowledge of God. Jesus is asked in the Gospels, he's asked in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 and 40 is where we're going to go. But also, it's recorded in Mark 12, 28 and 34. The reason why I go both places, because both of them read differently. Son, one bring up some elements, the other one bring up another element. Matthew tells us, he, he says that a scribe comes and asks him a question, which one is the greatest of the laws? And, and Jesus summarized. He summarized the ten. It's like taking, taking oranges, squeezing all the juice out. And what you got is orange juice. He takes the Ten Commandments and he squeezes it down and he says, he says, he says, he says, the greatest, or, or let me sum it up for you, the Ten Commandments is really summed up in two. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, mark as strength. From the Hebrew standpoint, when they say heart, it's not really talking about emotions, but it's talking about the center of you that makes a choice. All right, sir. You make a choice. Listen, you may not feel like going to work, but because you need that paycheck, you get up and go because there's going to be a deduction. You may not want to get up and be on time, but you already know that if you're not on time, enough time, you won't have to worry about it because you're going to get a pink slip and then you can sleep all day if you want to. But when the electric bill, when, when, the, when the mortgage hit and you don't got no money to pay for it, they not going to say, well, we feel like you can stay. No. So, 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 it's a deeper level than just emotion. It is an act of the will which brings in the mental capability that God don't want us to be ignorant. Our faith is an intelligent faith. Our faith is a faith that makes sense. You know, I, I, yesterday, I, you know, I was, it was just a beautiful day, and I was looking at the clouds, and I was looking at the tree. I said, man, our God is awesome, God. And then, then I said, you know what? Anybody who believes this stuff just came about is ignorant. Amen. It's not logical that things came from nothing. 
Oh, I heard somebody ask the question, okay, smarty pants, where God came from? He always have been, always will be. Listen, listen, that's why he's God. That's it. <laughs> there is no law for him. He stands outside of law. He stands outside of time. He stands outside of space. That's why he is who he is. Okay, I, I don't want to go there. That's another sermon. But, but, but the Lord sums it up. Notice what he said. He says, he says, the greatest of the laws is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, now what's this? Matthew says this. Matthew says, that is above all the laws and the prophets. Or it sums it up as the Amplified says. It sums it up. Mark comes back and says, that is more than all the sacrifices and all of the burnt offerings. You know what he says? God is not impressed with our doing. And we're trying to win his heart by doing. God looks at the heart. Let me prove it. You know why God loved David? It wasn't because David was all that good. David was a bad, shut your mouth. It had a knack for getting in trouble. But David loved the Lord. Samuel, I got a new king, go down Jesse's house, and one of his boys is a king. First son come, Samuel said, ah, oh, shucky, shucky now. He a bad, shut your mouth. He's a warrior. He's big. He got muscles. He's handsome. Everyone going to follow him. And God said, no, uh-uh. You, you, you looking at the outside. I'm looking at the heart. And though he's impressive on the outside, he's not the one. And seven more sons came by to the place that Jesse didn't even think of David. If I do my record right, when he fights Goliath, three of his brothers are in the army. You have to be 20 years old to be in Israel army, which means that there's three or four brothers that's not in the army. If you give them each one a year behind one another, at oldest, David is 16 when he fights Goliath. Already God has chosen him because at a 16-year-old, he's already in love with God. Don't tell me that you got to be old to love God because there's some folks that are old who just come to church. I don't care how religious we are. You can be religious all you want to and miss a relationship with Jesus. Given us, Paul was saying, there is a position. Show me, show me some trees. Show me some trees. Show me, show me some trees. I got, I got some pictures of some trees. I want y'all to see. Notice that's a beautiful tree. Aren't you impressed with that tree? 
The, the problem with this tree is we don't really see yet how deep it is. We see the outward expression, and it's full of leaves, it's green, it looks good, but the real source or the real strength of this tree is not in the picture. Notice that this is a smaller tree, not as impressive, but you can see that the roots of this tree is deeper and bigger than the tree itself. Hold on, don't, don't, don't go nowhere. This word that, that, that Paul is using is literally talking about being deep-rooted like a tree. Notice he says specifically here, in the love of Christ, in that he loves you. That means that, that no matter what the devil throws at you, you know what? It wasn't so much Satan picking on Job. It was God giving him up to Satan. You know why? God knew how deep Job was and knew that no matter what the devil did, Job loved him. Job was anchored in him. Job was rooted in him. I think the devil came and was bragging on how he was tearing up God's people. And if you read the text right, Satan don't mention Job. God mentioned Job. And God says, have you considered? Have you looked at? Have you studied? I got a bad boy down there. My servant, Job, he hates evil. He loves me. And the devil said, hmm. You know why? He tried, and he couldn't get to him. And the devil said, I, I make a bet with you. He said, he said, listen. He said, let's gamble. I'm not telling y'all to go to the boat. I'm just saying. <laughs> now say, Reverend Vinny said, God, God. Now, it was a for sure thing. Because God knew Job. He knew what the outcome was going to be. Because he knew how rooted he was. He saw what nobody else saw. My question is, are we more interested on what people see and not working on what God sees? My question is, you know, even Satan plays churchy on Sunday. Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, see, I done got quiet. Okay, let me prove it. Can I prove it? Can I prove it? He already got the boys on the corner. He don't have to go get them. Mm -hmm. Guess where he is on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in everybody's church mm -hmm. trying to distract you from hearing the word of God. Amen. Right now, somebody just got sleepy. <laughs> so, so that you can't hear. <laughs> okay? That's Satan playing games. That's Satan. Satan, Satan will make you mad before you enter church so that while you're in church, you don't get what you need to hear at church. Amen. So he gets busy up in church. 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh, oh, new picture. Notice that in this one, the roots is almost as big as the upper part. This is what Paul is saying. This is what he's trying to, trying to make in us that we, are, that, we, that we are rooted in him. Yeah. That we are so rooted in God. That it doesn't, now, now notice what happened there. New picture. The roots are on top of the ground. You know why this happens? It rains too much. When a tree doesn't get, when the tree gets a lot of rain, it don't have to go deep. You know what makes you go deep? When you're looking for strength. You, you know what makes you go deep? When there's a drought. You know what makes you go deep? When God makes you pray. See, 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 sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the trouble God is taking you through is not to, to kill you, it's to take you deeper in him. Listen, listen, listen. The more you go through, if you respond right, listen, that tree, if a storm comes, it's going to go flat on the ground because the root of that tree is laying on the surface. Got a phone call, friend of mine lives in Florida, and she said, she said, she said, pray because the storm is coming, and and we are hunkered down, and we're not sure how bad it's gonna be. Yeah. She said, pray. Such a text, praying, touching, agree that God is gonna. He's gonna stop the storm. The storm won't be so bad. I got a praise report Saturday. She said, she said, trees are down. Lights are out, but we're safe. Hallelujah. It's bad. They said don't come out, but we're safe. My my question is, because it's not if the storm comes, it's when the storm comes. That are you anchored in the love of Jesus that regardless what comes, you can stand flat footed and know my God, listen, stop right there. Notice that it's not the hands that shows how strong he is, but it's the roots that's anchored in the Lord that shows how strong he is. See, anybody can play it for two hours on Sunday. My question is, uh, uh, are we trusting God on Monday? Are we praising him on Tuesday? Are we praying to him on Wednesday? See, 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 when, when it's real, it's not just real on Sunday. It's real on Friday. It's real on Saturday. It's not just real at church. It's real at home. It's real at job. When you're rooted and you know what you're rooted in, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah verses 7, verses 8. Blessed are those, watch this, who have learned to trust. Listen, you know, you got to learn to trust God. Amen. 
trusting God isn't automatic. It's a growing process. Let me explain. You know, for, for all of us, it wasn't so much the love of God that got us started. It was the fear of God. Many of us, us came from bars, street corners, drugs. I'm not going to tell y'all story. I'm telling my story. Okay. So, but God will put some fear in you. Well, what's this? You can't sit down and have a conversation with a two-year-old. Now, Johnny, I don't want you running across the street because a car may hit you. And Johnny's sucking on his pacifier. You understand, Johnny? <laughs> now, Johnny, I'm going to let go of your hand, and you stay right here. What is Johnny going to do? <laughs> Why? Because at two years old, he don't have the capacity to understand and recognize the danger. So, 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 so as parents, listen, not because you're trying to be me, but because you love Johnny, you learn to. Because now, our little switch. So now, you tell Johnny, stop. Johnny going to stop. Johnny not stopping because he loves you. Johnny afraid of that switch. <laughs> Johnny remembers. Okay, stop. Because if I don't, mommy going to get me. Daddy going to get me. That's saving Johnny's life. Now watch this. The older Johnny gets, if you teach them well and they don't have a rebel spirit, you don't have to whoop them so much, you can talk to them. That's right. That's right. You know, after a while, you begin to do things for your parents because you love them. I remember I was tired, I had just been working, and I was going to school, working like 30 hours a week. I was tired, and I and I hear this lawnmower going. I said, oh, no. Uh-uh. And I was tired, but I started putting on my gym shoes because I knew it was my father starting up the lawnmower to cut the grass. And I said, not as long as I'm here. I don't care how tired I am. I'm here. I cut the grass. You've been too good to me. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's only half this. Y'all know I done told you how bad I was. But I took responsibility because I knew I had a good dad and a good mama. And there's certain things that my love for them. See, see, what I did was outside of their presence. When I got in their presence, I straightened up. I keep on telling you, as soon as I went on that porch, I was straight. I don't care how drunk I was before, how high I was when I got on that porch. 
walked straight to a guy in my room. Then, but, but the love that I had for him said, I'm not going to allow him to do what I supposed to do because he works hard and he's been good to me. And I went outside, I said, no, Dad, uh-uh. You go sit down, I cut the grass. You know I'm going to cut it, and I cut the grass. He didn't ask me to. He didn't tell me to. I did it because I loved him. You know what God wants us to get to? He wants us to get to the place that we do what we do. Not because we fear him, but because we love him. Because you recognize how good the Lord's been to you. Listen, here in Jeremiah, he says this. He says that those who have learned to trust, have an ex- listen, when God got your heart, you do it because you want to. Listen, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd still be coming to church giving God praise because I recognize how good God's been. Don't tell me you can love him and not serve him. The fact that I love him gives me the can't help it. Is there anybody in the house got the can't help it? You can't help but praise him. You can't help. You know what? Sometimes you got to push your way through. Everybody don't come to church for the same reason. So you got to excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, someone, oh, excuse me, oh, y'all talking, excuse me. Listen, I sit over here, but y'all making too much noise. No, y'all don't, I'm just saying that. I come over here, Y'all passing notes. Come up here, y'all sleep. So if I got to stand to get what I need, I don't know what you need, but I need to hear a word from the Lord. Next verse. Next verse. Almost through. He said, watch this. They, they, that who have developed Confidence and trust in the Lord. Let me show you how that looks. Going through a drought. Look what it says. Tree that's been planted along the river. It's not so much a river bank, but it's a river that is up under the ground. It's an underground stream, and the roots sense it. And they push their way down. Oh, let me help you. You got to push your way deep. You got to press. You got to press by yourself. Listen, it's going to cost you time. going to cost you sleep. He would make you get up when you don't want to to spend time with him. You got to read the word 
and not just read it, but try to get understanding. You have to praise God when it's inconvenient to praise him. You might have to put up with some folks you want to cuss out. You might have to go through some stuff. But while you are doing that, he said, you are pressed. He said, the roots that reach deep, say deep. deep. I want to get deep, Lord. I want to go deep, Lord. Listen, anybody can look good on Sunday. But God's not looking at how good we look on Sunday. He's looking at the root of our, what's it says, such trees, which means not all trees. Such trees are not bothered by the hunt. Wait a minute. So the same heat that's on other trees that's burning them up don't even bother them. You know what that's saying? We may be going through the same thing, but how we react depends on how rooted we are. Amen. I can be ready to lose my mind, and he's praising God. Yes, sir. You understand what I mean? Now, now, but same circumstance. Yes, sir. Same problem. Matter of fact, his problems can be even worse. And I look at him and say, how can you be having that smirk on your face? Yes, I know what you're going through. Yes, and you still go to church on Sunday. Yeah. You still sing in the choir. Yeah. You still, what is it about your situation that is different than my situation? In fact, my situation is better than your situation. So how can you be doing what you're doing when you do what you do the way you do what you do to God? I got Jesus. <laughs> Listen, according to how deep you are is how what holds you. you God sometimes don't say nothing, and you don't see him moving. Listen, just because you don't see him moving don't mean he's not moving. God is always up to something. We just don't always see what he's up to. Listen. You don't need to always be picked up. At some point, God says, you've been through enough. You know enough that without me giving you something, stand on what you already know. <laughs> Leave what you've been through. Work the word that is in you and know that I haven't changed. I told you I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I told you I will never leave you nor forsake you. I told you I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. I told you be worried for nothing but with prayer and supplication. Let your prayers and requests be known unto me with thanksgiving. I told you I will put a guard around your mind and your heart 
If you trust me, I told you I will never leave you, not forsake you. I told you I'm in you, I'm around you, I got you. I told you you're more than a conqueror. I told you, I told you, I told Yeah. At some point, when you're rooted, stuff that you thought you'd have forgot start coming up. Oh, yes, it will. God will wake you up in the middle of the night with a word that you read a year ago to let you know I got it. And if I said it, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. He says, in long months of drought, there is a supernatural strength that will keep you where others are falling. I don't know about you, but I know there have been some times I should have fainted. I should have passed out. I should have gave up. But there was a supernatural grace that kept me when I could not keep myself. It held me up. The problem didn't feel like a problem. The heat wasn't hot. Didn't he do it for the three Hebrew boys? Yes, he did. He didn't take the heat out the fire, but he insulated them in the fire. So the heat was in the fire, but the heat didn't get hot on them. Won't God cover you? Won't God cover you to the place that you can walk through a situation and say, I know I'm covered. I don't know why he loves me. I'm just glad that he does. If he died on Calvary for me, I know without a shadow of a doubt, my God is going to walk me through my ups and my outs, my downs and my ends. I know it got messed up, but sometimes life is messed up and it doesn't make sense. But God is a keeper. He'll rock you in the middle of the night. He'll wake you up and say, everything is going to be. Listen, the leaves will stay green. The last one. And you will produce fruit. Did you know that fruit is not for you? It's for others? Ah, uh, shut your mouth. We run around saying how blessed we are. Us saying it don't make it so. Matter of fact, when you truly bless, others will know it because you are blessing them. Notice what is happening. You are in a situation 
And instead of for you looking for other folks to bless you, you still being a blessing to others while you're going through. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God will use you to bless others that's not going through the death of stuff that you're going through. They don't have what you have because they're not as deep as you are. And God will make you a blessing though you're going through a drought yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you are tied in, wrapped up, tangled up, messed up in Jesus that even when life don't treat you right, you still a blessing to somebody else because your source is not from outside. Your source is from inside. And you know that Jesus is your strength, your peace, your helper, your comfort, your life, your breath. He's your everything. He's everything. Jesus is just everything. Can't help yourself. It's not that you're trying to be a blessing. You are a blessing. Because Jesus got a way of walking through you that defies explanation. Watch this. And you don't even know he's blessing through you because being a blessing comes natural. It's him on the inside pouring up on the outside because you're rooted. Because you're rooted in his love. Matter of fact, it make you mad. You got to love folks that don't love you. You tell yourself, I ain't going to love you. Next thing you know, you're still doing for folks that don't appreciate you doing well. I'm not saying you make yourself a walking man, but God said, bless them anyhow. Bless them, and you can't help yourself. You're going to bless them anyhow. Oh, he's good. When you know him, he's good. Do you know him? Not just an elementary level of knowing him, not just information, but, but you have a desire to get deeper. And God is taking you from one level of glory to the next level of glory. And all that you know is it keeps getting sweeter. It keeps getting better. The best of Jesus is yet to come. He's the best thing that ever happened to me.